Good evening, folks. Welcome to another edition of the Citizen Morph Audio Podcast. This is episode six you're currently listening to. I did have to double check with Fox over here because I couldn't remember what episode it was. So that's a great start, isn't it? Uh, thank you, everybody. <laughs> yeah, so he's, he's my special guest this week. Thank you, everybody, for uh, all the well wishes and support over the last couple of weeks. I have been quite unwell, and uh, so has Fox as well. So um, we've uh, had to put our plans on hold, but now we've actually managed to um, get something together. So welcome to the show fox how's it going i'm doing pretty good wolf i'm glad to be on here it was uh, quite last minute i asked fox to be on the show uh, and i didn't expect him to say yes so well, thank you very much once again for uh, coming on the show and uh, i'll be interrogating him for the next hour and a half i think <laughs> no that's perfect that's uh, i'm very honored to be here it's a very fun experience i've always kind of wanted to be part of a podcast so thank you very much for the invitation no problem. Uh, have you ever done a podcast before, by the way? Uh, this the first time. We I did do one with a couple of friends once, but we never actually like continued doing more episodes. Everybody just sort of had like different uh, work times, so uh, we just did one episode, and from there we just sort of like eh, just pushed it to the side, and then just never got back to it. I think that, I think that's the trouble with a lot of podcasts, isn't it? Like you have great ideas, and then but like it's just finding the. The trying schedule to kick it to more kick... than anything this especially if people are in different time zones was that the case for your podcast was it uh no it, it was with um some like in real life friends but at the time we, we all had like different work hours so it actually like scheduling something together was uh very difficult so we like only managed to do one one episode and then we just never managed to do it again <laughs> so it's more of a recording than a podcast <laughs> More of a, we uh, we did it live and then just uh, I guess uploaded it as a like a podcast episode. We were young, naive, just doing it for fun. It's uh, it's one of those things, isn't it? Like uh, you you got an idea and then, but like uh, just things just get in the way, isn't it? It's one, which is a bit of a shame. But there you go. But hopefully um, you have a good time on this podcast. We've got a bunch of questions and stuff, uh, and we've also got a few questions from the audience, uh, which which is pretty cool. And um, we'll be talking about, of course, for people who haven't listened to this podcast before, this uh, is basically a place where I'll try and get some artist on to talk about their experiences of making art be it 3d 2d or anything in between so um, of course uh, um so introduce yourself like what sort of art do you do you're a 3d artist when did you how did you get involved with that all right uh well i started my journey with like making 3d art all the way back in 2016 uh i didn't actually start with uh mlp i started with uh fnaf characters believe it or not oh right, okay yeah and i started obviously with uh, uh source filmmaker and the way i got into it uh i had already used a uh, source filmmaker here and there for uh, i'll call them videos to be generous more just uh messing around and eventually one day uh, uh i was on e621.net and I was looking at the FNAF section, and I came across a 3D render of uh, Foxy. I'm like, yo, this model looks really cool. And I I saw it, I'm like, oh, somebody probably sculpted this and, like, made it themselves. But then I saw the tags. It said Source Filmmaker. I'm like, yo, does that mean this model is, is available to download? So I just looked around for it. Didn't have to look that far. It was on SFM Lab. Uh, I downloaded it, and that's pretty much how I started my journey into making loot. Uh, I started out with uh, FNAF stuff. I 
didn't actually do any MLP related content till like a year later when I discovered the Soria model, the famous Soria head hacking model. My first image with it was uh, a rarity image. Uh, it, it was oh, it was shitty. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> uh, I was I was terrible with SFM like all throughout my like first year, two years with it. Uh, I'm not that I'm like the best or anything right now, but like it, it was horrible. And I think I only did like one or two models with uh, with the Soria head hacking for a while. I mainly just stuck to whatever model I found on SFM Lab that caught my fancy. I don't really think it was until up until like the release of Next Gen that I really focused into making like 3D art more uh, frequently. Because back then I just sort of did like every now and then when I got a an idea. Uh, it wasn't up until Next Gen that I really said like, yo, I want to. Uh, kind of dedicate myself to be like a 3d artist like really put the the time and energy into making like uh interesting pieces uh, of art how, how, did, how did you learn uh source filmmaker did you teach that to use the software yourself or did you have like um, someone to help you or how, how did how did you come into using source filmmaker uh my first time i got into like really source filmmaker i did try and follow the valve made tutorials they uploaded to youtube that just sort of go over like the basics of how like the whole interface and all that works. Uh, I saw them not completely. I literally just saw them up until the point to where I was like, okay, so that's how this works. And that's how I move the, the viewport. That's how I move the model. That's how I import the maps. Uh, I, a lot of the, my workflow was just like trial and error and just messing around with the, with the program, seeing what, what each option did, seeing what, what worked. Uh, it wasn't really until I got to like uh, uh, into the whole like Soria head hacking that I had to like learn how to use like change textures, how to like uh, actually like change the scale of mo uh, models and bones and all that. Most of it was just like eh, I got a couple of minutes free to myself. Let me open up SFM and see what I can what I can do. I always envy people who manage to use Source Filmmaker because I couldn't, I just didn't know where to start with it, maybe, I guess. That's why I skipped um, over that towards Blender. It's interesting with Source Filmmaker, it wasn't really initially designed for artwork, was it? It was more for um, Valve's testing of their own, um, their assets and their engine, really, wasn't it? But like, it's sort of the artist community sort of made it like sort of what's the word like um shoehorned it to make their own artwork i suppose yeah they worked around like what the program was supposed to call because it is called filmmaker like it, it's it's got the word film in it so like obviously I, the intended purpose is that you'll make films with all that but i guess it really like came down to finding now that you could like uh export individual frames where people are like hey you can like actually use this to make uh artwork you, you it's not just limited to to films and all that i think that's like part of the magic where it's like oh you can actually just export a single frame and and like not do a film because uh, i for the longest time thought like oh it's only for filmmaking so like my first few projects were always focused on making animations because i thought that's like the only use you could give it because like it's not it, it one of the export options is like export as poster or something, but I never gave it much attention. I'm like, ah, that's just probably for like making thumbnails or something. It wasn't until like I was actually getting into into the whole like uh, uh, artist scene that I learned all these like little 
nitty gritty tips and tricks about it. Like looking at like how the interface is, it's just like I I get a cold sweat looking at it. Like how people, <laughs> how how do you work that thing? <laughs> that, like I I I just couldn't. Uh, when I was, I've said this before countless times already in the podcast, of course, like because I've skipped. I I just didn't know what to do with Source Filmmaker, so I sort of skipped it myself. But looking how the interface is, it's very text based and everything's all hidden within sub menus and all sorts of things. It's so how how do you how did you I just don't know how people manage to learn how to use it. I like I'm caught of sort of jealous in that sort of regard. <laughs> uh... For me, like the first time I I opened it, it, it was like the most intimidating thing I had I had ever worked with. Cause like up until that point, I I, I came more of a video making background and like a basic image editing for, and all that from Photoshop. But to like actually open up like a three D program and all that it was it was very intimidating. I'm like, what does what do any of these options mean? What what are they referring to? Like I, I think the very first thing that obviously I managed to do was import a map, and uh, import just like a basic TF2 model. But then I didn't know how to actually manipulate the the camera view, so I was just stuck like uh, working with like the uh, the mid body of the character because I couldn't pan the camera or anything, and uh, I very hastily found out how to move the bones because of drop down menus i'm like what do all these bones mean what do all these sliders do up it, it was very very intimidating at first and, and that's only like importing the character when you get to like lighting and all that that's where like it also gets like very intimidating and stuff have you used any other 3d modeling software or anything like that before sfm or was it the first foray into 3d artwork uh i had Back in like, uh, let's see, I got into SFM in 2016. Uh, I had downloaded like around 2013, around 2014, uh, Blender, which was a very... A very old version of very, it. Wow. Yeah, okay. like like one of the 2.7 versions, I believe, or like even older. I don't know what, what, what revision they were in. I remember opening Blender and just seeing that like first, uh, the default cube and all that. I was like, yeah, no, this... This ain't gonna work. <laughs> so that was like I only had like five minutes experience before that with like any sort of three D program, and it was it, it was very intimidating. Uh, but uh, at the time I knew it was something I wanted to do because I was like I want to get into like three uh, D art because I I can't draw to save my life. So I was like three D for some reason in my mind sounded a lot easier. So I'm like, uh, I'm going to do it and I'm going to force myself to learn it no matter how scared I am. Like the worst thing that can happen is that I just render out something that doesn't look good <laughs> and I just learned from it. And at the time, I remember like, obviously there wasn't that many good SFM tutorials. There were a few here and there, but there wasn't that many outside of like the valve ones they got into like the real nitty-gritty of it yeah that's that like, is that that's a big problem i've come across yeah yeah limited it, resources yeah which is probably like one of the things that's been pushing me to like move away more from sfm is that like resources like whenever i wanted to do a very specific thing it was either hard like nearly impossible or impossible to find that exact uh tutorial that i needed to achieve a certain effect or do a certain thing with Blender, it was. It's only in very recent years it's become a lot more accessible, if you like, especially since probably oh, yeah. 
not since after like after 2.8 was the last big update now it's on 3.0 but 2.8 onwards was the the point where it sort of became a lot more accessible especially for uh, beginners and stuff like that and with going back to I think the very first 3D program I used was like a program called Bryce. I don't know whether you've come across that before. Like it was like um, Bryce three or four, I think it was. I think it was mainly for like mountains and landscapes and things, uh, and also used um, Daz Studio. I think that still exists, by the way. Daz Studio. Yeah, I but, think it's um, still around, but never heard of Bryce and Daz Studio. I think maybe once I downloaded it, but at the time my computer couldn't like run it for. For anything, yeah, I think I think I had the same issue. Like I only had like a really crappy laptop that couldn't run solitaire half the time. Yeah. If you were lucky, like so, trying to run anything more strenuous than that was a bit of a problem. <laughs> but your yeah, Daz Studio still exists, um, I think, but I haven't really used it myself lately. Uh, Blend Blender, you, when you started using Blender, two point two point eight was when the yeah, when it, like the interface changed or something. I don't know. It just seemed a lot friendlier, a lot more. Convenient. And a lot more, uh, the community seemed a lot more uh, willing to teach everybody else. A lot more resources to learn from as well. Yeah, yeah. I've only been using Blender like uh, consistently since like December, but in these like couple of months, I can tell you right now, it is it is so much better to work with because like, uh, first of all, there's a lot of things you can do obviously in Blender that you can't do in Source. And if you want to achieve a certain look, a certain effect, uh, if you want to do something, it's it's super easy to find like a tutorial online, and like it's it most of the time it's a lot easier than than what you're probably imagining in your head. So that's something I like a lot. So so you're finding the transition, the jump over to Blender, like uh, a lot more pleasant than you expected. Yeah, like uh, I remember opening like Blender up again when I was like decide when I decided like okay, I want to transition over to Blender. Because it makes images, you know, look prettier. You can do a lot more things. And I remember opening up, I believe in December, the, the like current version was still like 2.93 or something. And I was yeah. I was surprised uh, how different it was because like I hadn't down I hadn't used Blender at that time for like what almost like seven years or so or a little bit more. I'm like, oh, you this looks way different. I still didn't know a lot of things. Uh, but I, it literally took like just looking up how to move around the viewport and the rest was just like uh, messing around with uh, settings, a couple tutorials here and there, and uh, I was up and running. Obviously, I'm still I'm still very new to it. There's a lot of things that maybe I'm doing that could be done uh, in a lot easier ways or different ways, but I, I am very happy where, where I am right now. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think uh, source uh, focusing on source filmmaker for a couple of years there made it way easier than like jumping in headfirst into Blender directly. Because at least there's like a little bit of uh, experience. I I wouldn't say there's a lot that correlates between SFM and Blender. Because like I'll open up SFM now and then, and I'll I'm so used to like how Blender works now that I'm like, oh wait, this doesn't work here. This doesn't work there. But just having that like basic um, understanding of how to work in a 3D space really really helped out a lot to to make that transition. Yeah, definitely. So like you, it's a case of tapping into that previous knowledge. Once you get to a certain stage in Blender, you can oh that's how you do it in Blender. Oh, that's what the axes mean and stuff like that. Yeah, that that, that helped out tremendously. 
Um, so what, what advice would you give people like who like who, who've used SFM for a couple of years but thinking about learning Blender? What sort of advice would you give to those people to make the, the process easier? Is, is there anything that you would start off learning first of all? Uh, I think obviously the first thing I would recommend is just like uh, download uh, Blender and just look at a tutorial on how to maneuver around the interface. Uh, find out what maybe each uh, parameter with uh, each like little setting over here on the viewport, uh, what they mean, how they work. Uh, learn all the basic shortcuts and just sort of try to ease into it. Like uh, talking maybe to a... Um, to somebody that's coming from uh, SFM that's like in the MLP scene using NextGen, uh, once you actually like are able to understand how to move around in in Blender, you'll find out it's it's very similar. Or at least to me, it, it felt like very similar working with uh, NextGen on SFM and working on it on on Blender. Once I finally knew how to like move around, how to use the like rigs and all that. Uh, but yeah, just give it a time don't uh don't get intimidated just give it time learn a few tutorials don't even jump in straight into next gen maybe learn how to model a thing here or there i think that would help out uh maybe learn yeah. how to set up a scene or something uh just little things honestly but yeah definitely if you're like just mildly interested in like trying out blender i i 100 recommend it like it is it is fun to work with i can i can say that it's it's frustrating in its own little ways, but it's also fun to work with. Oh yeah, definitely. Def there's there's good, there's so much stuff that you can do with it. It's just like as again, like you're not gonna like get everything straight away, and of course, it it, it takes literally years to really, really be get good with it because the amount of features they're cramming into it, like with every incremental update as well as stuff, it's. It, you probably only touch about like twenty percent of what Blender can do. Probably most most of the time, anyway. Like you're probably only going to be putting scenes together and uh, setting up lighting and things like that. But like you can do things like animation and programming and all the rest of it if you wanted to really go really deep yeah, into like, it. Yeah, like want to go bananas with it. It is amazing what this uh, free software can like really accomplish. Yeah, free. <laughs> gotta mention that it's free if anybody's like hesitating it's free you waste nothing trying it out yeah absolutely so any any tutorials do you recommend did you follow any particular tutorials yourself or just did uh, you try a bit of everything i tried a, a little bit of everything the, the way i go about tutorials right now is like if i have a certain idea in my head i'll be like okay i'm gonna make an image with this certain topic you see my latest image has a reference the one i did with fluttershy with like the uh, with the bed sheets, uh, I literally was like watching a whole different uh, video. I don't even remember what I was watching. I think I was watching something like uh, a top forty blended tutorials or whatever, and it showed one for like a uh, cloth simulation. And like an idea just came to mind. I'm like, that sounds like something I want to try out. So I looked mm -hmm. up for like uh, cloth simulation uh, tutorials. Followed that, made the image. And uh, pretty much from there, you'll get recommended different tutorials and pretty much every single one you can le learn a little bit about it, which is something I find really fun. Like there's so much to learn. There's so many things you can do, like even just for fun, not necessarily like uh, stuff that you'll use in an image yourself, but maybe just to like try out something I've been trying out a lot at work are like water simulation and like soft body simulations. 
And yes. just because it's it's fun, because I want to be I want to see like everything you can do in in Blender, because like you never know that could inspire an idea from for a future image or something like that. I don't know. Maybe maybe I just like to like learn different things, like know how to do different things, because you never know when you're gonna need them. Yeah, absolutely. Like you, you, you're adding tools to the toolbox. Like, oh, I might need that later on. Yeah, that like, sort of thing. Yeah, like, oh, I might need this, or this might inspire an idea later, or this could I could use this for like a background uh, object or something. I don't know. It's just a lot of different things. Uh, the one I am doing right now that I need to like get to is the famous donut tutorial. Oh yeah, yeah. That that's sort of like a rite of passage. I've I've did the version. I did it. I did it when two point eight was like just new. So like I think he's updated that to version three now. I think. Yeah, he. he Guru, I think. Yeah, he brought out a version for three which is the one I'm I'm following currently. I'm working yeah, on that at work. Like, uh, thankfully at work we don't have that many people, so I can just sort of like mess around on the computers there. <laughs> no, no, just like get, get paid to like learn Blender. Yeah, basically, it, it, we indirectly. Had, it, it's been a couple of slow weeks, so like might as well use that time to like learn, which is you know a good thing, I guess. Like if if you could take any time you got to like learn it, then that's a big plus. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, for me, um, I I sort of fell into it like with Blender, I suppose, because like back when the COVID, this COVID stuff started back in 2020, that's when I started learning Blender. Uh-huh. Um, I followed the, I had literally four months of no- nothing to <laughs> do something, and I thought like I'll learn Blender. The, a, a big trap that people I recommend to people probably try to avoid is, I think um, some people get frustrated, I guess, like when they try to use Blender for the first time, especially even it, like if they're trying to move into it from like another piece of software such as source filmmaker whatever they think they could probably some folk think they can like try and be good at it straight away when it's a it's a completely different beast oh yeah it's like very different you, software. You, you do you, you do have to relearn a lot of things it's not a case of throwing away what you know already that's not going to go anywhere but you it's a case of relearning like different workflows, if that makes sense. I guess. Yeah, like different um, situations. That happened with me. Like I thought, I I thought for some reason, like oh, every three D software is like it's standardized. So a lot of things I wanted to do, I did in Source Filmmaker. I wanted to do in Blender, and nope, they just they did very very different things. They were shortcuts to other things, and they just scared me away right away. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a case. It's 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 like getting over the first few hurdles. Um, it's I would say, yeah as that, that's probably the best advice I'd give to people is like um ma- like if well if you want to do any kind of blender artwork um but learn the fundamentals and the basics first of all like do the blender guru tutorial is a very good one to use maybe if you're a bit strapped for time that's maybe not one I'd recommend personally because it's very comprehensive it's very good but if it's if you don't have a lot of time on your hands you might want like a, to watch like a shorter one or a shorter series if you like but there's plenty of those that will that do the job as well um uh the cg boost does a really good apple blender tutorial and uh, grand tabit does a really good um monster modeling tutorial as well which covers a lot of really cool things you can if you want to play around with modeling even a tiny bit of like modeling knowledge and stuff does go go a long way especially with blender i find oh definitely uh yeah i think that's one of the best things about blender there's a lot of like bite-sized tutorials so there's always like yeah there's always time you always have like the perfect video with like the that lasts exactly how much free time you have to like learn something 
I'd um oh any if I fucking th- it, like in the show notes I'll put a few links to like some of the for people who want to actually want to learn Blender for the first time I'll put some resources in the show notes like particular uh, ones that I recommend and, and of course ones that Fox recommends as well I'll put them in the description if you want to look into those a little bit more extracurricular activity if you like um but are, are there any are there any drawbacks with using Blender that you come across that you don't like or maybe you struggle with at the moment but no. Really, I guess. I guess the only drawback, uh, thankfully, I can say it doesn't apply to me, would probably be like if you want to use uh, the cycles render, it, it can be pretty demanding on your hardware. Like if you don't have the hardware to, to use it, it can maybe be a little bit frustrating because they will take longer to render and all that. Mm-hmm, uh, yeah. Maybe uh, working with anything pertaining to like... Uh, uh, shading, uh, the shading notes and all that could probably also be like a big drawback. I I know I definitely get like a little bit uh, uh, frustrated whenever I'm trying to like get a certain look or something. It just I it doesn't work. And I don't know. I can't really say like nothing's really coming to mind. I've had a very pleasant experience, which I think is something that can be rarely said about Blender from what I've seen. And mainly because, like, whenever I have, like, the slightest inconvenience, I'll, I'll just search it up right away. I'm like, I, I don't want to waste time just figuring out figuring it out myself. I'll just go ahead and see what the problem is and uh, I'll, so I can get back up and running. So, so it's, it's basically just a case of, I think, like, if you're willing to put the time in to learn it, any, basically anybody can learn Blender. Yeah, anybody can learn it. It's, it's way more approachable, in my opinion, than Source Filmmaker. Uh the thing with Source Filmmaker that I that also kind of made me want to like transition away from it was just how um, limited it is, uh, like hardware-wise. You can't really take advantage of your computer because it's only like using up to like four gigs of like RAM or catching on it. Thirty-two bit, isn't it? So it's it's limited by the the, the memory. Yeah, which yeah. if you got a pretty big library of like models and all that, you're pretty much uh, screwed as soon as you open the model viewer. They'll pretty much just guarantee you're going to have your scene crash like any second so <laughs> was, was that a common occurrence for you when making stuff with source filmmaker uh, or did you not manage that? It, it was it was one of the things that just made me like kind of egged me to be like ah move over to blender of course i i, I don't know if like that's an occurrence with blender i i've only had a crash on me like twice so far but like compared to like the two or three times it would crash uh per image that i was making every single time like oh this this is truly hell i i i'd I'd even question my status like why why am i doing this to myself is it worth it which is kind of it's kind of like what demotivated me at times like oh this this software it's (laughs) yeah it's it's it is what it is but it sucks when it's when it's not doing so great yeah for me, it, it has, Blender can crash, but it, it tends to be very stable most of the time. But when it only t- Blender tends to crash for me when like well, because I'm I've gone back to my older stuff where like I didn't really know how to use Blender. I was still learning the software at the time. Like I'm doing some new renders. I don't know where you've well, I've been uploading a few of the new renders a lot of my old artwork. I've been messing around with it just just for the uh, just to mess around with it. But like um, simply because. It, it crashes an awful lot when I try and render these particular batches because, like, I put everything at max settings, which oh. is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I basically... Uh, I, I made that scene, that Fluttershy and uh, Rarity picture uh, in the bedroom scene. I made that 
um, very early on when I was still learning Blender, but like I, that was on my older PC um, with half the RAM I've got now. So I basically had to double the RAM to 32 <laughs> because... I I exhausted the amount of memory that Blender Blender had available, and like I I didn't realize at the time. So I thought, why is this crashing all the time? And then like I looked at the the memory usage at the bottom. You can turn that on. That's a useful feature. And but like it it was it was literally maxed. <laughs> even 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 not in the full um, material view. Even like in the solid view, it was nearly practically maxed out on the RAM. So I had to Jesus. double it to thirty two. Uh, because I was stupid with the textures, that's why. Um, oh, okay. It's dumb. I put everything at 4K, which is stupid. <laughs> and, and overkill, <laughs> and I put way too many things in the scene as well. <laughs> so, so, uh, but, so it's a learning process, but like y- you you learn as you go, I think. But like Blender, 90% of the time is um, behaves and is quite stable. But as I say, it's um, it still gets updates, but which is, compared to Source Filmmaker, it doesn't. But Oh, that poor program died in 2015. Yes. It, it never left beta, did it? It, oh, it was, no, it's it was still, still technically a beta. Yeah, you go to the and, store page uh, and it's still like uh, early access or whatever. So, so it's um, it's a shame that if they... That it, they could have done so much more with it if Valve wanted to, but I, I guess like maybe that they just weren't interested in that in exploring that anymore. I guess they probably saw what people were doing with them. Like, yeah, we're not we're not endorsing. This. <laughs> yeah, we we like <laughs> no, we, we're not. Yeah, we're, saw we're, the machinima people were making. Like, no, we're not encouraging. That. <laughs> they 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 went uh they went a page too far on Google and they found they found something they didn't want to see. So like, no, we we're we're not we're not. Not, nothing to do with us now. <laughs> Actually, now that you mentioned that, I'll, I'll just quickly add this onto it. This is also one of the things that yeah, made sure. me switch to Blender. Uh, with the release of like Half-Life Alex and all that, well, I guess it's Dota 2, uh, they included a version of like Source Filmmaker 2, which would have been great. Source 2 looks amazing. And like for for a little while, I was like, oh, I'll hold out until they eventually release it because back when like Half Life Alex came out, it was like the first new Half Life game in in years. So part of me was like, oh my god, old Valve is back. They're gonna start making games and software again. But then they let it die. I'm like, yeah, this is this is not gonna go anywhere. Uh, it's the Source Filmmaker Two or Source Two Filmmakers like also very limited. So like now they locked just, it down, didn't they? I yeah, they, heard, didn't they? They locked it down. And it's like really hard to like actually make the models for it. From what I've heard, don't correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, so like, yeah, that that was like a little bit of me that like I was like the little bit of hope that there was for like actually releasing a new version of Source Filmmaker was like now nah, just I'll just go ahead and move on to to Blender. Might as well. Because at the same time, it's probably going to be limited by like same things where like you could only like import sources and I mean models and all that. So that's that's the thing. Like, I guess like, I don't think it was a part of their uh, plan. They 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 sort of shoehorned I guess it after in. That, pretty much. Yeah, it's, it's yeah shoehorned it in, and like that that wasn't the where they were they were going as a company. I guess that wasn't really a part of their plan. They more. They're more focusing on just publishing software rather than like making their own games and stuff so much. I think they're still making the odd, of course, Half Life Alex and stuff, but largely they're they're focusing just as a publisher these days, aren't they, Val? Yeah, pretty much. I guess it's it's just like what just thinking what like what could it what could have been if they'd actually decided to oh let's actually 
let's make this make source 64 bits so there's no memory limit and stuff that just doing that would have been a massive oh yeah that would have been like plus. the best update ever just like being able to not just, have just, to worry just about remove the memory on. cap yeah. yeah yeah that that would have i think made quite a few people like even stick around i don't know how many people got deterred by the fact that like it kept crashing and all that like it's amazing what one single update could have like done to I'm I'm not I'm, by the way, I'm not a programmer by the way I don't even know if that was even feasible but oh, like yeah. I guess like uh, but it's if they did something like that maybe that like it could have maybe had a bit more longevity but I guess like it it SFM is showing its age I think for a lot of people I think some more and more people I find are slowly deciding to transition over to Blender slowly but surely I've noticed. Yeah, I've, I've been noticing that a lot. Like, a lot of people are, like, uh, just making the jump to it, which, uh, don't get me wrong, it's amazing. Like, they, they did some amazing works in, in Source Filmmaker. Now, I, I can't wait to see what they what they accomplish in, in Blender. Yeah, that's the exciting thing, isn't it? Like, with, with these talented people with, like, less limitations, you're not bound by the software. Like, you, you, you can do a lot more with it, providing your... Um, pc can cope with what you want to do exactly so it's it's going to be amazing to see how uh how the art scene looks from here on out in the future at least pertaining from sfm to blender oh definitely and, and the good thing is like if you, you with a lot of this if you if you know what add-ons to use you can import the vast majority of the source assets into blender you might do need to do a bit of um conversions here and there but like it's totally plausible and possible to do um to do that and still use a lot of the cool stuff that you've made, but um, that's why I, I, I will do my tutorial at some point. I've recorded a little bit, but I'm getting through it slowly. But that that's on its way, folks. I will I will try my best to resolve that because um, it can be quite tricky to um, use, to if, 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 especially <laughs> yeah, you get, get convert stuff into Blender from SFM, and that, that's just one of the many subcategories. Like if you want to like learn how to um, um import assets and like especially with mlp and stuff you're probably going to need to learn how to do that but I'll, I'll, i am working on it i will get to it eventually <laughs> but that that's just an aside <laughs> but of course <laughs> um so with with so with the mlp artwork uh, you said you started off learning five nights and freddy's or fnaf as the as the community calls it so when, when did you um not long after you were making fnaf artwork um you got interested in mlp so that that decided you that after that point was it an episode of the show that like you thought oh i might make some artwork with it how did you get into that specifically all right uh well i've basically been in the fandom ever since like uh 2011 like shortly after like the first season ended uh the main reason i didn't get into like mlp artwork uh right away was because uh i i didn't know that those resources were available uh but i was uh, I forget what I was watching exactly. I think I was watching like some fan animation or something one day on on YouTube. Uh, it, I think it was like an Agro Damon uh, animation, and I logged on again to like uh, to E621, and I saw that there was a again a 3D image of like the MLP characters in like Anthro form. I'm like again I saw the text and said, "Yo, it says Source Filmmaker." And again, I just did a little bit digging around. I saw that the uh, assets, or at least like the Soria body was available on SFM Lab. I downloaded it and 
took like a week to actually get it up and running because head hacking is a goddamn nightmare. Just as an, as an aside for people who don't know, what what is head hacking specifically? What what when you say head hacking, what does that mean oh, yeah. specifically? Uh, yeah, uh, head hacking is a term for something like a method used in source filmmaker to replace the in this case the head of a model. Uh, which in those times, the most popular model to use for this uh, method of getting anthroponies up and running was the Soria model, which I don't know if that's like a character from another like video game or just like a an OC. But I'm not sure, to yeah, be honest, I, on that one. Might be worth looking into that. Yeah, I never actually knew like where the where the character actually came from, but that's besides the point. The Soria model was, for some reason, I, I also don't really know the reason why, uh, the the one that got like chosen to be like the base model for the body of the anthroponies. So what you had to do was basically shrink the head bone of the Soria model, and then basically shrink the whole body of the pony model, and then you had to like parent the bones in a way where like the neck of the pony was sticking out of what is now like the empty cavity of of the head oh for the Sorium bottle. <laughs> sounds really sa- that sounds like a nightmare. It, it was a it was a nightmare, my guy. Uh, and like for somebody who didn't know absolutely anything at that point, somebody who was just uh, accustomed to literally importing the characters and just posing and getting it over with, doing all this extra work was like, oh my god, what am I going on? And that's just like setting up the body because then you actually had to go and like change the body textures yourself. You had to go into like the properties or like, yeah, basically like the properties of the model inside of Source and Filmmaker and then just sort of like switch around the VTFs and all that. And uh, it was very intimidating. Like you had to have like a, like a, well, the way I did, I always had like a notepad open with like uh, the basics of like replacing the body, the legs and the arms. And then I yeah, just had to, your own notes. Yeah. yeah, my own notes. And then I had to look for the pony I was going to use. And I was very not intuitive with it. Like the way I should have done it was like maybe take a day off and like set up all the ponies in a separate session so I could just like import it over to like whatever I was going to work on. But like having to do that for each session that I was going to work on was was nightmarish if I had to put it a single way. It was like I, I really had to like set aside a project where I was going like, okay, I'm going to make a an MLP artwork and I'm going to have to head hack and I'm going to have to like look up where the uh, textures are and the ones I need and all that. It was, it was very, I don't know if primitive is the right word, but it was very tedious to like get that up and running. And like, that's only for the head. You also had to, I believe like move it a little bit around so you could get like the tail and the wings and all that. It was like, it was a nightmare. I, I mainly for the most part worked with, um, with unicorns and nerd ponies, just so I could like avoid having to work with, with the wings, because it just. I'm sort of, I'm sort of glad I think of Skip Source <laughs> filmmaker. Yeah, no, that those were. Oh. Those were dark days. Like if you were making like MLP related content, you were like really dedicated to to making it, in my opinion. Because like. It sounds like an awful lot of work to just do what you want with it. Like a lot of. Yeah, that, that's only to like get the character. That's only to get the character set up for like to start posing, not like actually doing the pose and all that, or like the scene build and all that. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you you skipped out on probably the the worst era of like SFM MLP stuff. It's it's a, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a mixed bag, isn't it? Like it's a blessing and a curse not having that source filmmaker knowledge, I suppose. Like 
if you started off a source filmmaker, it is it is a blessing because in a way because you you've, you've still got that knowledge you've got a bit of know you, you're a bit more familiar with the 3d space but by the same token with with um if you're just skipping straight into blender first of all you've got no sort of expectations and you've got you're not bound by the limitations i suppose it's it's it's, it's a bit of give and take i suppose really so yeah, but pretty much you just take the the good with the bad. If I'm being completely honest, I don't even know where I saw that head hacking tutorial. I don't know if it came with like the with the whole like texture pack for the Soria body or if there was like a video on it. I I honestly can't remember how I actually learned it. It just sort of happened and uh that's basically what I did from like uh 2017 up until like the release of of next gen next gen and uh I remember I, I want to say I remember this happened. Uh, uh, Red or Red Rocket SFM. I don't know if you know him from the Next Gen project. Uh, I remember one time he like messaged me saying, "Oh, we're working on a on a project that like saves time of setting up like characters. Like you don't need to like head hack or anything." And I was oh, like, yes. "Oh, that's going to be interesting." And I was like, "Oh, I, I I'm genuinely interested." And then I didn't hear anything. For like a couple of of years because i was like i believe when they were like maybe just getting the project started i don't know when they exactly started working on it but eventually uh back in like 2019 i want to say was when it was released uh i don't i don't actually remember i saw that like they announced it like next gen uh next gen project announcement or whatever and they had the ponies, obviously, with the promotional images. They had, like, the main six all around the the next-gen logo. And then, like, they had a couple of, like, other images. They had a link to it to Mega. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was a bit spect- uh, skeptical. I was like, how, how, how can they have made this so easy? So I downloaded it. It was quite the big file because they, like, actually managed to get a, quite a few characters in there. And the first thing I ever set up with Next Gen was uh, Smolder. Because, like, uh, at the time, it, those were characters that weren't easily available with, like, the Red Dash Soria model. Yeah, the the, the, the dragon characters. Yeah, the dragon yeah. characters. I'm like, ah, I'm going to test this out, see if it's see if it's true, if they really did get this up and running. And, yeah, I read the documentation that came with the download. I imported everything, and lo and behold, you only had to like drag and drop one or two things, and it was good to go. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this this has changed everything. Like that, that's when I feel like they really unlocked the potential of like uh, all the lewd uh, MLP artists in the SFM scene. <laughs> I remember thinking to myself when, like, I finally had Smolder all set up. I'm like, oh my god, this this is going to be just. The most amazing time in the whole in the SFM community. They they deserve all the praise they can get. It's um it's it's, it's it was like a big big game changer, wasn't it? Like when like once once like one of the big projects like first like got off the ground and like oh we can it's a way easier process of important characters. I think that was a that's a, a truly massive step. It's just it just makes me it just makes me laugh like with um. I don't know, like I don't know how like it's just sort of after a certain amount of time, I guess like people sort of gravitate towards lewd stuff. I guess <laughs> I don't know what what causes that. I guess, I guess it depends on the artist, I suppose. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. I I mean, ever since I started with the SFM, I I've always been a lewd artist. Not to say that I don't like to tinker with safer work star safer work stuff every now and then, but. 
don't know. I guess just because that's like the most popular thing. I guess something about seeing like these characters uh, that everybody loves, just like in adult situations or something. I don't know uh, what's called entertaining or enjoyable about it. It's it's very weird. Like yeah, it's, it's it, everybody tends to like gravitate towards it. It's just like uh, seeing them, I guess, out of character pretty much because you know they're nothing like that in the in the actual show. So it's more of a, a very different show yeah, if it was the case. <laughs> <laughs> it would it, be it'd be very different. It it'd be very upside down. We'd be putting them in in safer work situations. <laughs> <laughs> it's and it's not like. Um... It's, it's not like a like a YouTube tutorial. Is like, how do I make this? Exactly. How do I make how do I make loot? You have to sort of figure it out yourself or know where to look. And I think that's probably half of the battle, I suppose. Like uh, you, you start, oh, I might want to try something like that. But it's sort of where do I? Who do I ask? Where do I go? You sort of, I guess, the community finds you. I suppose pretty I much like uh, you get. You get that like little curiosity. It's like, I wonder how they made that in in Source Filmmaker, how they made that in Blender, and then you just sort of like ask around all that. You, you, you'll see kind of the basics of how to maybe post a character in in like a YouTube tutorial, but then like, but yeah, how do I get the nude characters? And then you search up uh, most of the time nude character for Source Filmmaker. You'll probably end up in like SFM Lab and. Bada bing, bada boom, you are part of the lewd community. <laughs> yes. Boom, done. <laughs> one one Twitter account open later, one derpy buru username generated, and you're good to go, pretty much. Good to go. That's <laughs> how you get started, I think. It's 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 like sort of a strange sort of journey. Like If you asked me a couple of years ago, I wouldn't, like, if I would, if I'd ever thought I'd ever be a lewd artist, I'd say you're crazy, but... It's it's crazy how a couple of years change. Exactly, it's like <laughs> person, it, I guess. It, looking back on it, I'm like I would have never imagined uh, enjoying this show would lead me to years later making uh, making these images or being this sort of artist. Like maybe if you would have told me, oh, you're gonna make artwork of of the MLP characters, I was like, oh, cool, I'm probably gonna draw them. I don't know, drinking tea or something. I I would never imagine I'd be posing them naked with their behind to the camera and all that's like oh that's that's one way that's one path to go down in life <laughs> we've, got, we've, gotten, we've gotten corrupted it's too late it's too far we're too far gone now I think. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm all right with it I'm, i i, I wouldn't uh, thinking back on it i probably wouldn't have it any other way the signs were there so, yeah, yeah so i can't okay, really blame anybody else <laughs> you've only got yourself to blame exactly you can't you can't blame those wholesome uh, blender YouTubers. It's not their fault, but they're the enablers. <laughs> they teach you I the guess. basic, and then you 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 decide what path you go down. The dark side, I suppose. <laughs> so um, let's, let's let's mix it up a little bit. Let's let's take one of the questions that uh, we've received from Anthroponies SFM has sent us a few questions in. Bless um, you, Anthroponies, for giving us a couple of questions. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's, pro- he's probably one of he's probably one of the best SFM artists oh, I going love out their there. Artwork. Still, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, let's go with. So, what is it you like about being an artist? And what is it you don't like uh, about being an artist when working on artwork? I've expanded that a little bit more. Right. What, what is it you like the most about being an artist or anything that you dislike? Uh, things I like. Uh, 
working on the art, it's very, at least, therapeutic for me. It's always enjoyable when I get, like, that uh, idea in my head and I'm able to work on it. Uh, it's Which is also partially one of the reasons I became an artist, because it got to a point where I want to see certain characters in certain poses. And I'm always more of a DIY sort of mentality, so I'm like, I'll do it myself if I can't find it online. I'll go out, do it myself. Uh, I like maybe being out and about my day and just like suddenly having this idea come to life or like come to my mind and then just going home and working on it and like making it come to life. Uh, obviously, the thing I love the most is the community. I love seeing all the beautiful artwork that uh, that everybody posts on Twitter and on Derpy Baru each and every single day. Uh, it's perfect. It's a great way to get inspired. And I don't know, I just really like... Uh, but meeting uh, new people around here. It's one of the things I like about artists. It's a very welcoming uh, community, in my opinion, no matter what fandom or like what kind of art you're doing. It's always pretty welcoming. So that's that's something I like about it. What, what, what about dislike? Is there anything that like any drawbacks you can think of any in particular that you don't like? <laughs> drawbacks? Uh, I guess just the frustration that does inevitably come with working on art like where you will probably go into a project with all the confidence with all the energy into it and then the it, it, it most of the time only takes like one little thing to sort of skew you into being like oh I, why am i even working on this this is probably going to turn out horrible uh nobody's going to like this uh and then yeah, i don't know i get maybe it's just me i get pretty easily uh discouraged with like when something doesn't go exactly how i had it planned out so i'll start having like a lot of self-doubt i'll be like why am i even posting this when there's people making like things that are a million times better why would anybody bother uh seeing my art or like maybe i'm just getting like sympathy likes and all that a lot of like uh, just like crazy uh self-loathing ideas that come to mind i think that's like the main thing i don't like just the when as soon as something goes wrong it seems like everything just sort of derails i, I think i think if it, if it hit the nail on the head there i think especially for me i think i agree i totally agree with you well i think probably one of the best things about making art is like like how it's opened so many doors as a person and how like i've met so many really awesome people and made some really cool friends just by making artwork so even if i were to stop making artwork tomorrow i think i've i've gotten a lot out of it simply like like the people I've come across and like the friendships I've made. I think that's a, that's a huge thing for me um, anyway. Um, and, and, and with with drawbacks, I guess it's more whether you do it for a living or not. Like depending on how you how invested you are, or if you're literally your livelihood depends on it. I guess. So, but I'm just speaking as a person who um, does all this on the side. So I guess. I think this same with you, isn't it? Like this, you don't do this for a living. You don't do this as your full time job. You do it as a uh, yeah. It's more of a hobby. hobby for for me. Just like something I like to work on on my free time and all that. Uh, do Do you suffer with burnout? Is Is that like a common thing for you, or is that only certain? Is Is it more people who like who make a livelihood out of it, or what's? Uh, is that quite common? Uh, or uh, I suffer a lot with burnout, but that I I like to attribute it more like not to get a real o'clock here or anything due to my like anxiety and all that. Like I get really, really burned out because as soon as I like a little idea comes creeping into my mind, they're like, why are you working on this? Like why even bother? 
as soon as that like little uh, idea crosses my mind for even a second when I'm working on something, I'll get slowly discouraged, discouraged to the point where like I'll go, uh, I don't know if you noticed, I'll go even months without like uploading art, which is really counterintuitive because at the same time, all those months that I'm not working on something, I'll be telling myself like, oh, stop wasting time, open up Blender, open up Source Filmmaker, uh, do something, just like do the bare minimum so you can get back into the rhythm of things. So it's like, uh, yeah, it's it's really frustrating. I I have gone through burnout quite a few times, which uh, is probably the worst part about being an artist. Like when you get to that to that stage, yeah. it's it's horrible because you know it's like you can probably feel it coming. And it's like, oh no, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this, and then bam, burnout. Yeah, it's it's you can't really force it, really, can you? Like, but even if you try try as you might, sometimes you just don't have the the motivation or the drive to make anything like for various reasons like something might be happening in your life or you just want to take a break from it but it's i can relate with like i guess having a sometimes having a bad relationship with like um with making artwork in general like spending far too long making something or when like perhaps like i should take breaks more frequently that's quite a common thing i don't know whether that's uh, the same with you uh, for me, it's more of like if I take too long with an art piece, uh, like say more than a couple of days, it'll start to like drive me crazy because I'm like, oh, you're you've already spent let's say four days on this on just one piece, whereas you could probably have made uh, two different pieces, like uh, working two days on on each of them. And I don't know, it's it's really weird. I I don't really actually like to take breaks when I'm starting to feel like uh, uh burnout, which might be counterintuitive because I know that like as soon as I I take the break uh, I'll probably just stop making art for like weeks at a time and that's that's not something I like I I tend to like always have like ideas written down or like uh, reference images so I can like be like oh I want to work on that next or that's something I want to uh, use as motivation for my next piece and all that just so so I can kind of avoid that like like that burnout phase yeah it's it's um i think a lot of people a lot of artists especially um experience it in different ways i suppose again going back to because some as i say like um if if you just do all this art on the side as both me and yourself do you don't really uh we we can we we do have the luxury of like taking a break if we if we need to it's not like we um our livelihoods depend on it where where some people actually do require can't stop literally it, yeah it, like, can like, get people can get it it's either you keep going or you stop and you're not eating that month or that week or something so that's yeah it's it, it, it it's it's quite a common thing i see with like a lot of artists i've seen i've like they've literally their um, livelihoods depend on it or they've maybe they've taken on far too many commissions that they can deal with at once that could that's another common thing but yeah, I'm just speaking as a guy from who doesn't really do it for a living. But like, I can totally sympathise with people who sort of don't really have a choice in the matter, really. Um, but it's it, but that balance can be quite difficult to um, get right, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah, it's definitely trying to like tiptoe the line of like, okay, this is what I'm liking. It's like, okay, I got to make sure I'm I'm giving myself some time to rest, maybe catch my bearings and and get up and running again so I can keep continue this continuous flow of art pretty much just finding that like sort of, I guess, flow state of like being able to work on something, uh, consistently. Yeah. Got a, yeah. Get a good rhythm going, yeah. I guess, which can be, uh, 
quite difficult. So, sometimes, like you, 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 you want to work for hours at a time because, like, you, what you're working on, you're really enjoying it. But other times, it's feels more of a slog, I guess, when you sometimes hit a brick wall when you tr- maybe try to do something that you don't quite know how to do right. I guess. Yeah, when well, something like you just had like the bare under the bare minimum understanding or like idea of what you want to do, it's like, ah, it's, I'll open up Blender. Can I get it kind of going? And then just like, yeah. I'll working on it on in like another hour or something i don't know it's it's really weird i guess it really depends on the project too yeah definitely um so what's your opinion on um on on patreon and subscribe star that sort of side of things like what's your opinion on um putting artwork behind a paywall speaking from experience from uh i i used to have a patreon i just fairly recently opened it up again uh the way i went about it i'm not a big fan of like locking it behind paywalls entirely because uh i feel like if i'm making it so uh people can all the people that want to see it can see it uh i could maybe understand it a bit more if it's like a timed exclusive to patreon which is the way i did it on my patreon like I would, yeah. I would release the pieces first on there, uh, for a week. Uh, is the way I did it. Like I release the first there on a week, and then I release it on Twitter, uh, for everyone to see. Uh, obviously, you know, I understand these these artists from where they're coming from. I believe that's like a way of getting more more patrons on there because you know you got that exclusive exclusive art that you can't get anywhere else. So it's more of an incentive, but uh, I wish they would more artists would do it that way, where it's more of a timed exclusive than just like strictly behind the the paywall. Yeah, it's it's sort of um, it's 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 quite a controversial thing because like I guess like depending on who you ask, like a lot of people have got different opinions on that uh, side of things. I think I, I guess artists can uh, monetize their art how they want, but I guess there's always the the question of does it really does it take anything away if you basically start charging for it or putting things as you say behind a paywall i guess it's sort of the the politics or the morality up behind it i guess like depending on how you um see things i guess like i support quite a few people on patreon myself because i don't mind some of the artists that i support i like to um support their work and they get to um do what they do best basically but i get I, I, not everyone i guess um i get some people do abuse the system which is unfortunate i'm not going to name names <laughs> of course but it can be it can be a case where like um they people like put charge extortionate prices for things and not basically just take money from people every month and not but do barely any work for it <laughs> Pretty much, I guess it really comes down to like, uh, why is this valued so much more compared to like the free art? Like, what what really sets it apart? Uh, I don't know if I'm wording this correctly or if I'm making sense, but like, if you got the same artist making a free uh, piece on Twitter, uh, maybe let's say uh, naked uh, Fluttershy, but then they make a just slightly different post version and then put it behind a paywall and like where only patrons of certain tier can see it like what's what's the difference there like why is this valued so much more uh i don't know if i'm framing it right like i don't know why like what what values this piece more than the other one even if it's like the same artist because it's pretty much only down to the artist uh saying okay i'm gonna put this strictly behind a paywall like you gotta pay me certain amount to be able to see it 
Yeah, yeah. I guess it's a bit of a balancing act as well. Like, like a good way probably to do it is like maybe you can still do the free release, the free stuff, but like maybe like just the higher res hot versions behind the paywall for people who want, or maybe the watermarkless versions. That's quite a common way to do it. Yeah, that's. Um, um, and uh, it links in with commissions as well. I guess like I think I, I do, I do, I do believe that people should be able to charge what they want for their artwork and and i guess you are going to get people who grumble with that but i, I guess that at the end of the day with artwork i think you i think uh, people have got to decide um what their uh, time is worth like this piece ch- took you i don't know how many hours to put together and then you decide to charge x amount what so what what's your opinion on commissions then? Um does that link in with the Patreon stuff as well or is that like a separate uh, thing? I'd probably see that more as a separate thing cuz like uh I'm I'm perfectly fine with actually like people charging whatever they feel like they want to charge for commissions. I think after all the uh when they're making that art for somebody or when somebody's paying for it, it ultimately comes down to like the beauty is in the eye of the beholder. If let's say somebody wants to charge uh, fifty bucks for a single image, and somebody will like, without a doubt, without second guessing, pay that, then they're totally allowed to because that's ultimately what they, what they value it at, I guess. Which is like a big mm-hmm. counterpoint to what I just said. Uh, but in this case, like they're directly paying for that. That's because they're okay with paying that much amount. And ultimately, most of the times when it comes to commissions. Like, they end up being released to the public, and there's, like, usually no big deal about it. Like, the person will commission it so that other people can see. Uh, when, whenever I've done commissions, uh, I I don't actually have any firm price on my commissions. I'm more of a name-your-price type of, uh, of person, uh, mainly because I don't actually know how to uh, properly value my art. Uh, the idea that somebody would pay... Yeah. The idea that somebody would pay me to make an image is wild i don't know why i just can't wrap my head around it so i'm just sort of like dude you pay me whatever you want to pay me and most of the times people will pay you way more than than i would have ever ever expected so that's always like a that that's at least how i choose to see if somebody wants to have a firm price on their art uh all the right to them no problem i don't i don't mind if they want to charge exuberance amounts well that's probably because that's what they value their their work at and People are probably not going to have a problem with that. There's always going to be people that pay those uh, exuberant prices because I've actually seen a lot of cases where that happens. So, so that's totally fine with me. Yeah, it's it's um, it, it it depends on I guess like it depends on the artist as well. That that is that is an issue that's worth bringing up. Like um, if you're not sure of what your val- your art is worth, it can be difficult to gauge what you should reasonably charge for it i think yeah so that that is another common issue i think but as as long as you the artist are happy with the price that you've set or what people are paying you then there there isn't really an issue with that really i don't think oh no not at all but at least not directly but then again there's always the the case of um if too many people are maybe undervaluing their work it could make it like, a bit more difficult for other people in some ways i guess but like, as a person who's never done taken any commissions thus far um i can't really comment on that great i'm i'm only just commenting from what i can see from from here like i've i've toyed with the idea of commissions but i, I it's sort of a lot of caveats 
for me personally for me to take any at the moment mainly on the inexperience i guess i think i'm a bit like i don't know whether i'm feasibly good enough <laughs> to justify charging people um but i get like but I'm, it's it's pretty like going by the amount of followers i have on twitter that i guess the opposite is true which is i still quite haven't quite gotten my head around that which is over 400 people like to watch my art which is pretty crazy at the time recording this but it's um you're always going to get people with uh, who, who like maybe you charge like a lot exuberant amounts as you as you say but like as people will if people are willing to pay those prices then all the power to them because like it's if you're willing to pay a certain like a quite a high price for an art that means you as a commissioner or or per, a purchaser of art i guess a patron i should say um is it, you are willing to pay that price because you you like that person's art and you want to um you want to pay for this person's services that's what you you're basically paying for but um i guess you, I, I, what even if you don't agree with a person's prices i've i have seen people where people try to haggle people down i i, I think that that's got that that goes a bit too far in my opinion but i don't know what your take is on that yeah no i i think that if it's Somebody that's already been doing commissions for a while, they already got their list of set prices. I think haggling them or trying to haggle them is it's a bit scummy because, you know, it's maybe I can understand that you really like the artist, but you just can't afford it. But, like, maybe it depends on the intention or, like, what angle you're coming in with trying to haggle. If you're doing it from a malicious standpoint or where you want to screw over the artist, then, yeah, like, that's that's a terrible thing to do. If you maybe want to, like, talk with the artist and be like, oh, what can I afford maybe for, for the price that I have, maybe you're able to, like, reach an understanding with the artist. But I, I've never actually had to see in a situation where people, like, haggle with the artist. I, I, I yeah yeah not with myself but i've saw definitely saw this on twitter like um i can't remember who it was exactly it was but I, I, it, the, the name's not important but like basically um an artist i follow um on twitter um he, he he charges quite high prices but like from what how skilled this person actually is it, in my personal opinion it's completely justified and like it like several hundred dollars like per uh, piece because he spends hours and hours and hours making them and they're professionally put together and they're really classy and really sharp and um, really well done I can't, like, you know like purse from my point of view like the, pr the prices are justified but somebody on twitter was basically saying i like your art but it's too expensive for, for <laughs> x y and z which i think is just the most oh, thing you can do. that is the worst uh, way to come that, up that, about that, it that, that, was... that pissed me off that did it wasn't even my artwork it's like what the f who the hell do you think you are like who, you know? who are you to undermine what this artist uh what their value of their art is like obviously <laughs> i'm pretty sure the 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 artist has like a p portfolio of past commissions that like that like deny that guy's point by far that's just like people who are trying to like just be mean about it i guess that's that's just like very scummy to go about it's like oh i don't think your art is worth that much i can understand if you say, but i but i still want it i still want yeah it, like man. oh it's it's not <laughs> worth it but i still want it. it's not it's it, i've seen better but i'll still take a piece if, if you can do it for like 
pennies on a dime or whatever. Yeah, that's kind of bullshit. That's BS. <laughs> that that but yeah, that I did say that on Twitter, but I, like, I can't believe you have the nerve to ask that. You know, the absolute gall to like think that would work. <laughs> That'd be like that. The artist would be like, "Oh yeah, you're right. I'll I'll do the piece for you." Like, I don't care that you just insulted me. I'll do the. I'll do the RP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's just like yeah. Oh, 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 my apologies. I'll reduce my price down to nothing for you. Would you like it gift wrapped as well? I'll do that. <laughs> oh, oh man, but like, like um, for, for, for people that that sort of stuff, I don't want to deal with. I think that's probably why I haven't really looked at commissions. I suppose I just don't want to deal with that crap. I'd rather just make what I want and not. You'd still get criticized anyway <laughs> it's just like it's just wow you, have you ever come across anything like that but anything like uh, people asking you for um freebies effective i think i think everybody it's a rite of passage i think like kind of have free commissions uh, i think if you're uh, if you haven't been asked for free art you're probably doing something wrong because that's something i think it's <laughs> like it's like in the artist 101 basics get get asked for free art yeah i've come across a lot of people that have been like yo uh uh, I don't know what what commission in their mind means, but they'll be like, "Oh, can you do a commission for me?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, what what are you looking for uh, to get?" And they'll explain the scene. They'll always want like a really complex scene with like a gazillion different characters doing a gazillion different things. And then I'll tell them, I'll I'll give them kind of a prize when when I kind of sniff out where they're going towards. I'll be like, "Yeah, I can do this for maybe like a." x amount of dollars like oh you actually charge money for it i'm like well yeah you say you wanted a commission I'm like oh no no i don't have any money i'm like well then why were you asking for commissions my dude it's like oh no i just really like your art i wanted you to do it for for free uh i've definitely been hit with the very famous i'll, uh, I'll pay you with exposure back when i was uh, a lot smaller oh, artist no. a lot smaller of an artist so i was like like uh yeah nothing i'm gonna skip like if they would have approached me in a different way it's like yo i really like your art i don't have the money for it if you maybe got the time to do a request or something maybe things would have been a little bit different but like they'll approach me with the word commission and in my mind like yeah that means paying for for something but then they'll be like oh no no i'll, I'll pay you an exposure my dude that's <laughs> yeah okay i'm like nah I, i'm good i'm good i'll just stick to to the couple of likes i get on my on my pieces i don't i don't really want to work on this big project for for just like and, and there'll always be people with like at most like five followers and it's probably all just their like alternative accounts or something like that not to undermine them but like it's it's always a certain type of of person with like uh, with with no profile picture as well and 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 like 300 digits after the name <laughs> <laughs> oh but i've um I've 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 been in that situation before, like I've, I've like in the uh, I get like from from the other point of view anyway, like uh, where, where I before I started making my own artwork, of course I uh, started commissioning people. I think that's probably like twenty nineteen, maybe I first started commissioning art before I started learning Blender. So probably twenty nineteen, something like that, late twenty nineteen, I think it was. But like I used to now that i'm an artist i now realize like how much of a dick i was <laughs> if that makes sense because I, oh, I can't believe i did that. you learned the etiquette to how to do these things <laughs> yeah I, I wasn't in the situation where I, I was willing to pay the guy and like i paid the guy and the, the commission was amazing but 
like um, I was sort of like guess overzealous with like requesting like all, like loads of alternative edits. Like uh, I was sort of pestering, I guess, the guy to make more stuff. I was willing to pay for it, but like looking at like the text log and stuff, like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> um, but. I sort of I sympathise in some ways in some like um now I've I've been in that sort of situation before and I didn't realise at the time how much of a, a tit I was at the time <laughs> I guess uh but that that's my comeuppance I guess but so like um I sort of, I didn't I didn't really uh I I just left it at that but like um I with commissions I try to be as uh understanding and like as open as possible and like I'm willing to um whatever price that an artist says they want to charge i'll say yeah that's awesome uh, here's my terms like do you agree yes i do like um i tend to try to let people the artists like have a bit of freedom with it as well that's um uh i do like the commissions my commissions do better than my own <laughs> a lot of the time so i'm better at commissioning pieces than making my own stuff which is weird but like i'm glad i get to signal boost a lot of people whenever i can yeah, at least you're you're a supporting artist. That's always a big a big plus. It's always a big motivator. And who knows? Sometimes you just you just want to commission the art. Sometimes you don't want to take the time out of your day or something to like really work on it yourself. It's better to have somebody else's interpretation of your idea. Like I I I've sadly never actually like commissioned anybody. I, it's something I want to change in the future. Like start commissioning more people. Because sometimes I'll be like, ah, oh, there's certain ideas i want but i know my skill set i know i can't truly do them justice so it's better to approach somebody else who who i know will probably bring this idea to life in a in a proper manner and probably a lot better than anything i could ever do and anybody in particular that you want to commission but like for whatever reason can't or like haven't had chance to uh i don't know pretty much everybody i follow on twitter i would love to commission uh Basically, everybody like Anthroponies, uh, I don't know if you know who Havexi is, uh, Hoovesar, uh, maybe Kaiser as well. I don't know. There's a lot of people, like, not just uh, what's called uh, 3D related. I love to do a lot of, like, uh, also, like, 2D stuff. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. But, yeah, that's something I want to sort of do more in the future is, like, maybe work on more commissions. I mean, not work on more commission. Uh, actually, you know, buy commissions, I guess, or whatever. It's however you phrase that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, com- yeah. It's I've, I've, like it's that's that's the best thing to do to support an artist. I think like if they're taking commissions, and maybe throw something their way, maybe, and have a think about like what would be really awesome in that particular person's art style, and then see if they're available, send them a message and see if they they accept your offer of making making some artwork. But just don't a good tip is not not don't pester people. Don't like if a person's not open or they're not interested, then don't like yeah, don't. push the issue. Like people yeah, people can be pushy sometimes. Have have you ever had that in that anything like that? People like like what like being a bit pushy with you, like perhaps like with uh, with yourself like wanting artwork in a particular way or whatever? Uh Back in my early days, back in my Tumblr days, I had a lot of like messages almost on the daily, like being, "Hey, are you open for requests? Can you do this? Please do work on this. Do that. Why aren't you doing what I said and all that?" Uh, more recently, no. Everybody's been super kind. Everybody I've like done commissions for and all that. Everybody is super kind. They're super like uh, okay with everything that like I tell them. Like there hasn't been issues. It was more on my 
on my early days where people would be like really pushy and like maybe not i guess it's it's the shyness in people i guess that kind of makes them come off as like a bit too aggressive at times but no thankfully nothing nothing too serious i think at most uh one person wanted me to like work on a project with them where they were making like a I, I think it was like a comic book or something well a web a web comic but they were like really insistent that they wanted me uh to work on it but i think they were like confused i think they thought i was actually like modeling the characters that i was working with yeah so, that, 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 i've had that a few he, times asking me like if i'm yeah yeah I've, that's that's probably like one of the biggest issues i've come across like hey can you model this character for me if like oh no i i don't make any of the uh of the characters i use in my artwork which is something i need to fix going forward i need to like start adding credits to the to like who makes the actual model so i can avoid that that is that is another discipline in itself modeling you got you got modeling you got animation you got lighting you got yeah that's a separate thing and it ballparking itself yeah that's a, that's a whole another can of worms that i've yet to get to i'd love to but that's still like further down the line of it's it's good modeling is good fun i've i'm i'm still a bit of an amateur at it but i have released a few models to the public of course and but it's uh yeah some people some people like don't understand. They might they might think like, oh, this this person's done this really cool artwork with uh, Twilight or Fluttershy or whatever, and like, oh, could you could you make my own OC characters? No, not really. I'm not I'm not a I'm not a modeler as the as it should be like. But I can put you in the direction of people who can model, but often they will charge for it because again, like they're not going to model things for free. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, when it comes to those sort of things, I I fully support people like getting paid for modeling and all that because that's like that is one heck of a job to do. Yeah, it's 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 especially with like within like next gen as well. I probably only know about two or three people at the most who know how to model manes and tails. There's only only a handful of people I know how to do them well, like specifically for next gen. So it can be. Uh, if if you if you're within that niche, it can be lucrative, I guess, if you wanted to were that way inclined. But there's, there's not very many people who are good at that. But I, I know a few people. But again, like it's um, if it's like an OC you're looking for, you're gonna have to um, um, find out how much it will cost to actually have that made. But yeah, but uh, people, I think some people that don't understand the mechanics of, I guess, three D artwork because it's it's there's so many different multi-facets to it i oh, guess yeah, there's so many things behind the scenes that you got to work with uh, uh i think maybe they think it's just the same as as like 2d art where you just draw out the character maybe in a 3d space and you're good to go but there's like so many things that go into it and you know it's it's okay to correct and be like oh it's it's very difficult to set up i can kind of help you set up a character but like i oh yeah of course if you got yeah. one of those crazy mains that like you come up with these like goku anime style mains yeah you're you're gonna have to pay quite a bit of money i think to get that that fully done uh for your for your uh 3d model yeah it's um it's it's knowing like what uh what you're looking for i guess but like um the best thing to even if you're not entirely sure if people can help you like you can always ask the question um it never hurts to do that at all really um it's so but and you, you do get like people who are a bit could you like make this artwork for me and like you say i can't really do that but i know someone who can help you and like 
is the contact information is their twitter or whatever and like just um just see what they say but like um i, I guess like it's it's just one of those things like i get like <laughs> i don't think you haven't i guess you haven't made it as an artist until like you people start coming to you for advice i guess i get i think you can start considering yourself actually people actually w- want to come to you for for um advice and stuff it's um so yes it's it's one of those things where um it can be um a very it can, it, can, it can be quite a bit of a minefield but like you 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 become i think you like uh, you've you consider yourself an artist once people start asking for you advice and then like you are now a part of the community which is a cool thing yeah like uh that's like when people start continuing knowledgeable in your field it's like it's a really warm feeling i've had like maybe one or two people actually come to me be like yo how do i do this and do that i'm like are you actually are you actually asking me i'm like wow i'm I'm surprised that you would choose me out of all the people and it's it's a nice feeling but like it really does say a lot about like maybe your progress as an artist where like people can safely say that guy knows what he's what's he's doing he knows how to work his way around maybe his art field of art so let's go ahead and ask him what what advice he could give people or like how to do this and that yeah it's i i, I like to um i like to give people advice uh whenever whenever they can but of course like you can acknowledge that you can't do everything maybe but you know someone else who can assist with that i think that's part of the uh the process and like um you the more you grow as an artist the more you're able to help people i think that's one of the uh, the best things that um one of the one definitely one of the best things uh, personal pleasures for me anyway when people come to me for advice and i'm able to actually answer their blender questions or help them out with a problem that's that's a really cool thing which is um which i'm quite humbled about which is um i think that's that's one of the best things about being an artist isn't it like being a part of um something bigger and like people respect you enough to ask you questions and like even commission your stuff which is awesome yeah it it is one of the best things like that's you know being able to say oh people are definitely enjoying what i'm doing like i'm I'm definitely doing something right if people are are like uh what's called interacting with my stuff in this way or interacting with me uh to this point where like uh you can build these friendships and like uh pass on knowledge or point people in the right direction of of resources that may may help them and all that that's a very very nice feeling that i think uh you don't really get anywhere else if you're like outside of this maybe community of of like artists and all that or like creators i guess yeah creators or con- yeah content creators is the term is yeah. it <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd hesitate to call myself a content creator like i sort of i'm more of a a glacier that like moves at like at two miles an hour you sometimes see art out of me every three months maybe at a push <laughs> <laughs> i guess <laughs> i think pretty much like the second you choose to upload something you yourself created on the internet no matter with what frequency you do it uh you can pretty much consider yourself a a content creator or i guess if we want to be nice about it uh because i don't like the word content creator that much <laughs> uh an artist in this situation uh if you're uploading uh something every now and then unless you absolutely like stop and even if you stop like like it's still you still made that piece of art you're still an artist you're still participating in this community 
yeah, taking the the first step. What was it? What was it like for you, like doing uploading your first artwork? Was it quite um, a daunting experience? It it was definitely like a like a weird thing because like all the time that I was like working on it on Source Filmmaker, I was like, oh man, I am I really gonna upload this? Is this something I I kind of feel like putting up on the on the internet and like. It, I didn't know anything then. Like, I didn't know how to do lighting or anything, like, composition and all that. I still kind of don't. But, like, it was like, oh, should I upload this? I'm like, ah, oh, I'll upload it. What's the worst that can happen? A couple of people say it's crap. That's that's totally fine by me. I, I'm, I'm somebody that always likes to be working on something, even if I'm not uploading it. Like, I always want to be working on a project. I'm like, eh, I'll upload it. Whatever happens, happens. And thankfully, uh, good things happen. And... Like, they continue to happen with each uh, piece that I uploaded. Uh, it kind of scares me, if I'm being honest. Uh, I yet to get, like, any big criticism. I think in, like, the last year that I've been uploading images, I've only gotten, like, two or three comments of, of like, actual criticism, which kind of kind of scares me. I feel like when you're not getting many that much feedback, something isn't completely right. Maybe that's just my paranoia kicking in or something. I don't know how you see it. Um, it's I, I don't know. It, I guess so. It's sort of I guess it's the butterfly, the classic butterflies in the stomach, isn't it? Once you take that first step, you, you assess like where you want to be. I guess it was certainly um a daunting thing for me when I did my very first artwork. Looking back on it, it wasn't. It's not too shabby, but you can tell it's a beginner's piece if that makes sense. But like people really liked it and sort of. That's how it starts. I guess like if you get your first really good bit of feedback from people, it's that's the, the I guess the push you need to oh now I'm actually I guess you can actually call me an artist and because I've actually made something in Blender or Source Filmmaker or I've drew this thing in GIMP or whatever what or or dr- actually drew it um traditionally or what whatever form it takes. You've taken the and you've put it on the internet and people for people to look at taking that first step is and like people giving you support is um it's it's great but of course it, not all not all feedback <laughs> is going to be good unfortunately have you had have you had any like weird, really weird or strange comments just a curious uh curious uh no i i have had one piece where admittedly i did i did mess up a, a bit of it but i didn't realize it until they obviously pointed it out any weird or notable comments uh, mainly just come from people like uh, being like, uh, I guess I want to say they're like role playing in their own little way in the comment section. Yeah, like, role play, those yeah. are always, those are always amusing to see. I'm like, Oh, well that's, that's, uh, that's certainly something that somebody decided to comment on the piece. Uh, I want to hope that they said it in a good way, but yeah, like, uh, I think it's it comes with the territory. You're always going to have people that comment things that are like uh, really strange, not just necessarily saying, "Oh, it's a good piece" or "It's a bad piece." They'll just take it in a whole different direction, and that's always fun to look at. Yeah, that, 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 I've, I've I've had I've had that on Twitter before. Like people wanting to role play and like they start being weird. <laughs> I don't, not not that I'm against people who want to role play, but you get I guess you do get some people that take things too far. I think. Yeah. I always find it weird because I don't know if they're expecting a reply on my end to continue the role play or if they're just posting it because that's that's what they their their way of like expressing their enjoyment of the image. I, I never know how to interact with those sorts of comments. 
I just sort of yeah yeah. I just give him a little heart uh, emote on it. I'm like, yeah, that. Hopefully that works. <laughs> hopefully that's an appropriate yeah. appropriate response. <laughs> I guess I guess it. I guess it's more to do with the context. I guess I suppose it's. I I don't know whether I'm fully down with like. Uh, People like um, I guess I guess on Twitter you, you get like people who just like repost artwork. I'm sort of a bit iffy about that, especially if you don't credit people. But I guess it's a probably I don't know. It's a bit too far, I guess, for me. If you if you sort of take a person's artwork and you start role playing using their artwork without their permission, if they especially if they forbid forbid it. It's so it's I don't know it's a bit weird for me I don't know how you feel about such things yeah I, I don't like that too much either like I can understand maybe wanting to role play I can understand if you commission artwork specifically if you're going to role play but simply grab oh yes of course but yeah. simply grabbing an image from like an artist uh, profile page or like from whatever uh, website and just like using that to role play uh, I've seen cases where they actually like crop out like the watermark and all that which is Kind of scummy, in my opinion. Uh, I don't like that. I'm not a big fan of it. Like, if you want to uh, role play, go ahead. Just don't, uh, just don't steal people's art. And or if you're gonna use other people's art, just be sure to credit them properly. I've definitely seen like one or two of my pieces get used around. Uh, thankfully, in both cases, they were like giving me proper credit and all that. I'm like, okay, that's that's good enough for me. I'm not gonna get to too pissy about it but when they like straight up like steal art and just like maybe i guess maybe sometimes the artist will post it with certain context and people will like completely take it out of context and use it for other means that's something i'm not really a big fan of yeah i I think yeah like uh, we're going into the territory of like uh, nfts and stuff like that Uh, we're going into like with that that boiled like uh, what what's your let's let's go into that while we're talking about like uh, stolen artwork and things like that NFTs what's your stance on those have you have you ever come across anything uh your what's your what what's your view on those any experience with those or have you come any across or any people that like are familiar with NFTs uh NFTs are starting to be that one of those things in technology where uh. It, it really shows my age. I'm not that old, but it's one of those things that makes me go, I don't get the appeal. Like, it, it, it's yeah. really weird. Cause like, in my mind, it's like, okay, you're paying for a piece of, of art uh, when they're properly drawn or actually like proper looking NFTs. But when they're like these pixelated messes, I guess it boils down against like the beauties in the eye of the beholder. But I, I don't get them. I don't get... Uh, why the big fuss about them and it absolutely irks me when i see that there's people going around like stealing art i've come around of uh thankfully i haven't come across anybody stealing my art which uh i don't think they ever would thankfully uh but i have come across uh people that i know uh having their art stolen which is just really scummy because like they obviously, you know, are stealing it. Why would they uh, ask for permission and all that? I think it's just a really weird concept. I don't fully grasp it. Like, maybe if I was a little bit more educated in the field of NFTs, I would have a more proper opinion about them as a stance and with, like, the big uh, plague that there is of stealing other people's arts to mend them into, like, NFTs. I think that's, like, the biggest, scummiest thing you can possibly do to anybody. 
Yeah, all I see, I I'm I think I'm pretty much hundred percent against them because it's one of those, it's one of those like new. It's it's it sounds like a pyramid scheme to me, and like every when I come across NFTs, especially like a lot of the artists I follow, all I see is people's artwork getting stolen and minted without their permission, yeah. and like people making making money off not off stuff that's not there. It's like stolen goods. That's all I'm seeing all the time. Yeah, that's all I hear about. It's like it's just stolen art most of the time. Like open OpenSea is such a fucking scummy website. I, I, yeah, I fucking hate that website. Like uh, the other day I saw like a, uh, a Twitter thread that said like, yo, this guy uploaded like thousands and thousands of different people's artwork as like as nfts and i went in and it was crazy to see how many artists i i recognized and like actually like i i saw art of one of my like uh i would consider them like a real life acquaintance because i actually know who they are i was like yo yo what the hell is going on here like how can they allow this sort of shit like i i've never heard any positives about nfts Obviously, when you're trying to get like duped into buying them, you consider that's a positive. But like actual positives of like its value towards like future uh, commerce or whatever. There's I see no positivity, no like actual uses uses for it. Like oh, all, all all I equate it to is like maybe skins in the video game, like CS:GO or something. Like what's what's the difference yeah. between a, a a a skin in a video game being considered an NFT and this being like this piece of art being an nft i don't know it's it's so weird and the and the the insane power requirements as well which i don't like i like because a lot of it's like linked to the blockchain technologies with bitcoin and ethereum and stuff like that like for 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 like the like minting these transactions and make adding them to the blockchain like i've heard like the the amount of power it requires to maintain this blockchain like requires the power of a small country oh yeah it's it's ridiculous it's insane the amount of yeah, let's let's just kill the planet even quicker than we already are. That's that's a good well, idea. At first, I thought I was like, oh, there's just images with like maybe some code embedded into them that like makes it so they're like unique. When I actually learned like the power that goes behind into a single image, I was like, yo, w- w- there's no fucking reason this image requires this much, these many actual real life resources to to be made to like be certified i guess is what they do with them like what what, yeah, what the fuck yeah. is going on here like this is we're doing something terribly wrong if this is the path we're going down with with these sort of things it's it, it, like uh, that that's my take on them i'm like it's sort of it's one of those ideas where like maybe it sounded good on paper to begin with like it gave maybe some artists like the idea of like maybe having ownership like minting your own artworks and things but all i'm seeing that that the complete opposite is happening where people are just taking advantage of this new idea and exploiting people just to make a quick buck I, I, that's all I'm i saying. think the worst part is that there's companies backing nfts like there's companies that are like full force going into like minting their own nfts i'm like yo that's just that's just the scummiest thing you can do like as a company is like actually making making being part of this problem and like I can understand maybe things like Ubisoft and all I see where they're coming from, 
there's local pharmacies here in my country that made NFTs. I'm like, who the hell wants to own an NFT of a local pharmacy? It's like, what? This is this is getting completely <laughs> out of hand. This is this is I'm pretty sure nowhere near where like the original concept wanted to go. Like they, they've completely twisted this only for like greedy purposes. It's, it's gotten corrupted, yeah, it's, isn't it's, it? Uh, yeah. I see. I correlated with nothing but but absolute greed at this point. There's like no redeeming qualities whatsoever left in. No, I, in this, like I tend to, yeah, I I just block people if people, like I just I just want no part of it, and like simply because like how I see now, how NFTs have like sort of how it exploit how people exploit other people you using nfts just to make a quick book and like having having their artwork stolen that's what really boils my blood like people who make a living off these things and people are just just stealing them to just to make a quick book and then they just disappear into the ether like with no consequences it's just like it's uh it's it's it, sickening it, it's, it's insane <laughs> it's insane it's insane like it, it's a it's a horrible development and um that's uh, it's just f- for me personally like it, don't stay away from nfts and stuff if you want to support artists that you like commission them or uh, give them money on their patreon or their subscribe store anything anything but, but like d- buying the NFTs. anything but nft and it just keep away <laughs> from it. that like uh, commissioning people you're giving artists money directly you're helping them you're supporting their art and you're getting a that's cool the, piece of art out of it too if you're like commissioning and them. you get a cool piece of art yeah exactly tailor no, no made to you stupid for you i mean to, to what you wanted <laughs> exactly that that's that's my take and i think that's that's a pretty safe opinion i think I, i've yet to come across anybody who enjoys them especially in my f- friendship circles anyway. oh, same here like I, i've yet to see anybody make any like rational uh what's called points to it like oh that's good for this reason all that everybody is totally against them that it's really strange isn't it that, that, that is those um nft profile pictures that people but i don't understand it they're ugly they're ugly like i oh. i've yet to see a proper like <laughs> nft that isn't stolen art that's like original art be actually like decent looking or actually like worth the price it's a lot it's like it's like copy and paste with like oh this one's got a different hat on or this one's got a different uh this one's got an eye patch or whatever it's it's it's, it's just, just the most idiotic thing ever it's like the most randomized i've spent eight hundred dollars on this <laughs> oh buddy <laughs> yeah yeah justify that all day mate yeah not, it's not gonna work with me it's not gonna work i i, I paid an artist that same price and got an infinitely better looking image than than that horrendous oh, oh yeah monkey and, and, or whatever and a, a, probably a physical copy of it as well to boot. You could put on the exactly. wall. Exactly. It's like you, you've got like a JPEG in the ether that can disappear <laughs> at any time. Exactly. I can actually if pull, I can actually if, hang this on my room and and look at it every single day and feel like a million times better about it. It's 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 just I, I just can't I just can't justify. I think. Uh, that that's my take on it. I think we can move on from NFTs. It's just it's just one of them topics. We're like, oh, <laughs> why is this a thing? <laughs> I think most of us but, yeah, can I've, agree but, they're trash. Yeah, I've, I've but I'd like to hear from somebody who can actually justify them to me in some way, or maybe explain something. Maybe I'm not I'm not quite getting. But like from what I've 
what I can glean from what people saying all the time on like in, my, in the, the people who follow and like how they've been affected by NFTs directly. They're bad news. Exactly. Like I, I know nothing about it about this subject. If you'll be able to educate me for better, not actually try to scam me, with all all due respect, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I would like to know, but like all the arguments I've heard, like just don't hold water at all. Like or they're they're, they're misinformed themselves. I just. But yeah, I'm I'm always willing to uh, learn more about it. But like, uh, largely, I think I'd, it's one of those where I just uh, it's not a good idea in my personal opinion. But uh, but there you go. So what are you currently working on? What's your plans with with Blender at the moment? Have you got anything in the pipeline you want to learn or want to work on? Uh well, I like to start getting into the basics of like modeling, so I can like actually make some some models myself. Maybe make some. Uh, uh, I know cloth is something that's always like in demand, at least for next gen. I'd like lo- I'd like to learn how to. Yeah, do that I'd well. love to be yeah. able to like make clothes for the clothes for the next gen models. Uh, mainly, just do something so I can like give back to the to the community. Uh, animation is something I really really want to like start getting into. Uh, I've always been a big fan of like mm-hmm. wanting to learn animation, so that's something I'm I'm like trying to get. Uh, the most pointers about like trying to get all the like tutorials and all the all the media i can get that'll help me out with that and maybe work on mm-hmm. i don't know maybe a comic or something uh i don't know something i i want to like start up my patreon again so i want to make something that'll be like worthwhile them like, something i can like really make it worth it to like support me on there how long do you reckon you'll be? I put my teeth in. How long do you reckon you'll be doing MLP artwork for? Is is interest in the uh, the show still relevant to you now with uh, Generation Five just around the corner? Uh, I'll probably continue doing uh, MLP artwork or related artwork in for like the very foreseeable far future. Uh, MLP is one of those things that like uh, really marked me back when I like first saw it. I think I saw it at just the right time, and for better or worse, I think it's always going to be like a part of my, of like my life to put it in a really weird way. Like I've definitely made so much uh, MLP content. It's one of those things that, for whatever reason, has inspired me to to make content of a whole bunch of variety. I've made videos of MLP. I've made uh, fan fictions. Obviously, I'm now making like this lewd art. So it's I I see myself being a part of this. Uh, community a part of this fandom for like all my life making actual mlp cre- uh, centered content uh, uh again like for the foreseeable future and well i'm hope on knock on wood that generation five inspires a lot of like a lot of artwork and it's enjoyable more than anything i think that's that's to be seen. Uh, I really did enjoy the movie. We'll just have to wait until you have to. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the movie as well. That was I, I quite liked that the movie. It was, that was really solid, really well put together. I was together. super pleasantly surprised at how well it was. I think the only thing I didn't like about it was the voice acting, and the only reason I didn't like the voice acting is that I think they nailed every single character, and I know for a fact they're probably not going to be able to bring back the whole uh, voice. Uh, cast for like the series and all no, that i think they're gonna they, yeah i don't think because they, they're gonna use um 
normal voice actors, I think, because like they were all uh, celebrities, weren't they, in the in the movie? So they, we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, like the that's that's the only thing I resented about the movie that like the ca- the voice cast was amazing, and I know for a fact that they're probably not going to be coming back unless they make like another. Movie. So you you resent the voice acting, but for being too good for like setting the bar too. Yeah, high. like I I was pleasantly surprised at how well all of these actors work together. I I'm big easy easy moonbow stand so like i i, I enjoy yeah, easy is probably the the strongest character yeah. out of the five I and think. like hearing her voice and all that i'm like i i was very like as i watched the movie i was really mad because i know that they're probably not gonna get anything anywhere near like her her caliber for the show so that's gonna be kind of disappointing to a point well we, 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 we wait wait and see wait and see yeah, well, as I said, I, I'm, I'm hoping for the it's best very promising. But, but that's kind of like they set the bar too high in my opinion with the voices um <laughs> we'll have to wait and see um it's easy sort of like a dialed down pinky pie just a touch yeah i think that's probably the it's not not quite pinky pie insane but dialed back just a little bit uh, I think probably, but you can probably tell where the lineage is. But like, I think Izzy's probably the yeah, definitely the best character out of the five. But the, a really solid um, put together ensemble. Anyway, yeah. if you ask me, really, really, really fun cast of characters. Yeah, I really like the. I guess they're being called the main five now. I really liked all of them. I can't. I can't say I didn't like uh, one of them over the other. I think they were all pretty amazing. They worked together really well. And yeah, I'm excited to see what sort of adventures they they get to go on <laughs> yeah that that'll be good fun and like i think they've acknowledged that they, they can actually move on they've moved on from generation four it's like a, a new cast of characters can have a chance at like telling new stories and things i think that'll be because because uh, generation four had a, a really good run nine seasons over 10 years so it's it, it was like lightning in a bottle wasn't it uh it's sort of when it first appeared in 2010 exactly it was know. like it was it surpassed everybody's expectations by by a good lot like nobody i think seeing the first season would have ever expected what was to come and i like to say that like season one overall is a pilot to like the rest of the season like season two is where like the show really really got to like uh shine because they knew that like oh we can be a little bit more uh you know, not just sticking to the typical girly stuff. Because if you look at the season one, you can see, like, they really wanted to make it your typical, like, uh, children's cartoon where, like, there was always necessarily uh, a moral lesson to be learned. And after that, they pretty much had, like, liberty to, to have fun with the with the show, which is something I, I really appreciated. And I think that really helped it have that longevity to last, like, nine years. Yeah, I, I, yeah a lot of people say season two is the best, I think. I think because mainly because of the uh, wedding arc, I think that's probably why. Oh yeah, that, that... Uh, that was was that was that season two? Or was that season three? I could be remembering. No, yeah, that season long. two was the wedding. I think mainly season two is fan favorite because they introduced like two great characters with Discord and Queen Chrysalis, and it was just like yeah. uh, there was a lot that happened in that season. So yeah, I can see why that would be like regarded as as one of the best seasons. I still can't listen to the last song from. From the last two episodes, uh, the one from after, like they get married, "Love Is in Bloom," I think it's called. I still can't listen to that song to this day. Not too emotionally charged. Yeah, there, there's <laughs> something about that song that just like triggers something in me that like it's it's a very very weird feeling of like nostalgia and like bittersweetness and all that. I don't know, like because 
back in the day, for some reason, people wanted were expecting the show to die like right away. Like everybody was like, oh, it's it's only going to be two seasons long. It's only going to be three seasons long. It's it's I don't know. There was like this weird need to kill off the show for some reason. I don't know. Oh, yeah, it, it was that weird time, wasn't it? But like, it's so it's it lasted ten years, which is crazy. Um, out nine seasons, and it managed hundred. Like, how many episodes was it? Two hundred and something. Well, like well two hundred and ten or, or something like that. Which is like most most cartoons or, or what have you don't last more than like a season or two at the most. If you're like lucky. nowadays, it lasts three um, seasons at most, and. But it, but like G four was a was like lightning in the bottle. You ain't gonna get that again. I don't think it's sort of it hit the right place at the right time. Oh, uh, it definitely did. I like I'm pretty sure there's gonna be a lot of people sticking around for G five, but it is it is going to p- pale in comparison to what G four was. Like nowhere near uh, the high in terms of, of impact. Yeah, anyway, in terms yeah. of impact. Like you'll get a couple of new fans, you'll get a couple of old fans that'll come and give it a shot, a shot. But like the way that G four worked, it's not gonna happen again. Yeah, it's so. I th- quite a lot of people have moved on from it, like and as well as artists as well. A lot they've moved on to other things, which is totally fine. It's one of those things where a transitional period in people's lives. I guess like it's sort of it struck a chord with so many people at the time, and like it's sort of how big an impact it actually had on a lot of people, myself included. Like, it's sort of how many artists came about because of the show. Uh, uh, dozens and hundreds, even. Hundreds, hundreds like, possibly thousands, and like, and like musicians as well, uh, who, who watched the show that were like, inspired to make their own content. Like, the burst of creativity that this show sparked was... It was amazing. I don't think it was like anything anybody had ever seen before. Like the way it inspired people to do so many different things, it was just it, it was crazy. Like, like there was people making up like whole new basically seasons worth of episodes with like fan fictions. Like the music that came out of it. I there's a lot of songs that came out out of the Brony community that I still listen to this day, and like obviously a lot of artists like. Uh, a 2D and 3D artist that I still follow to this day because of of MLP. I'm trying like that that dis is it that Discord song is it that still hangs around? What's that song called? <laughs> the one from like... yeah, Discord by the microphone. No, that was uh, the Living yeah. Tombs. The Living Tombstone made the Living like, Tombs. Most popular, Living Tombstone, the most popular remix. That that's that's a weird one because that one is sort of still has a bit of a pulse because it's sort of bled into the Undertale fandom. It's weird. <laughs> I've noticed yeah, it's sort of like people that the memes have crossed over. <laughs> it, it resurfaces it's, every it's, now and yeah. then and like it's always a good bit of burst of nostalgia to like hear it. It's it's still in the it's still like hanging around in the ether, but yeah, that's a whole nother topic in of itself, isn't it? It's pretty I need to rewatch the show. I've got all the episodes on my hard drive somewhere, but I'll have to, I'll have to um Rewatch them again at some point. I might do. I've just basically just talk about the episodes <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it's what would what would you say is your favorite episode then? What, what would you think off the top of your head? Holy moly! Now that, or that's epi- a loaded... or, 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 or episodes. <laughs> that's a loaded question. Uh, favorite episode? I think uh, I can't remember exactly. I want to say it was in season three. I'm. 
I can't try to like remember exactly. The one where they finally acknowledged uh, Derpy was definitely like one of my favorite episodes, mainly for its impact on the community. Because like on the original airing, they actually referred to her as like Derpy, and she had like all the all the qualities yeah, that the fandom I've, had come I've, to. I've still got that. I think that original the original recording. airing. I think I've still got that. Yeah, like yeah, it, it was heartbreaking to see that people actually got upset over it. Like, oh, it, we're trying to be inclusive here. We love her for for who she is, and then people just obviously uh, distorted it and made it something ugly. I think that was really like heartbreaking to uh, to see. It was it, it was a weird situation, wasn't it? It was, but they did reinstate the um, the character again later. I think they basically stopped referring to it, but they didn't. They left the eyes as they were. I think they did in later episodes, but I don't think she spoke again until episode 100, I think Yeah, for the longest time after that episode, she wouldn't show up because she usually always showed up, like, in the background. I think for, like, maybe a couple of episodes, I think, like, two or three episodes, they didn't include her in the background, like, at all. Then they eventually started facing her back in until, obviously, we got episode 100 where she was, like, basically one of the center one of the protagonists of the episode which was again super amazing to see that like nod to the community uh episode 100 is also like one of my favorites just because of the of the fan service uh yeah it, it is a fun one that episode. yeah and absolute top favorite for me like if i had to absolutely point to an episode it would have to be the perfect pair that's like absolutely my top favorite episode that's an episode that like makes me cry each and every single time that i look at it for as weird as it sounds like seeing uh seeing them finally talk about applejack's parents like it and the song oh yeah uh, yeah pear butters uh song was just uh it was beautiful i i loved everything about that that episode it was just very uh it, it made me feel like they actually completed the series there like actually finally giving us the lore, the background to to Applejack's parents, which had been a mystery up until that point. Like, actually getting to see them. Like, they could have very easily, I think, gone the whole series without, like, ever uh, tackling that. The fact that they did was just amazing in my eyes. That is, like, for me, top-tier episode. Yeah, definitely. That's that's another that's another highlight. Like that that was one of the late the, the, near the end, wasn't it? I think yeah. it was. Was it season eight or nine? I can't remember. Uh, I believe it was season eight. Yeah, season eight, like, the fact that they left it towards the end, it was like, wow, they're they're really starting to send off the the series. And they, they did like do a season ten as such, like, but it was mainly just the co- I think it was just the comics. Yeah, they I think they it was. went the, the whole like season ten route was just mainly comics, which I never got around to reading. Uh, there's a lot of like cool stuff in the comics from what I've seen. They tackle a lot of like different storylines that are interesting, like the one where. Uh, Celestia's in love with like a different uh, universe's uh, Sombra, which I think is really cool. Uh, sadly, mm-hmm. most of the comic, I think none of it is canon whatsoever, except for like season ten. But yeah, that's that. That always seemed like kind of I I never understood. Obviously, uh, cor- on the corporate side, maybe it was just time to like refresh the show. But I'll never understand why they couldn't just commit to like giving it like ten straight seasons. Yeah. It's. I think it was more a case of like. I think maybe they felt like maybe they they went on a bit too long. I thought that let's wrap it up with um, season nine. I think, but nine seasons is nothing to be sneezed oh, no. at. And like, um, not at all. It was. Um, 
it had to come to an end eventually, but instead of like running itself into the ground. But yeah, like it's um, the characters are very fondly remembered, and like, there's a lot of uh, great moments in there as well, which is like it's just one of those things. It's 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 a it's a cultural phenomenon, as like it's weird saying that, but it actually is how it's sort how it's impact over the last ten years or so still resonates in the internet's ether and like how how, how it became so popular with so many people as well. Yeah, like of all different uh, backgrounds we, of sorts of people, people you would never expect turned out to enjoy the show, which I think was like the best thing ever. Like you would see these people that are like, ah, oh, there's no way somebody like this would be caught watching a show. And then, no, they would turn out to be some of the biggest fans and, like, have a whole bunch of merch and all that. That was always, like, really crazy to me. All, like, these, like, tough-looking dudes and be like, oh, yeah, I love that show. It's it's amazing and all that. So, so when did you start engaging with the fandom itself? Was it, like, halfway through the run or was it a little bit later on you started actually engaging with the the, the artwork and all the music and stuff like that? Was it pretty early on or later? No, it was pretty early on. Like, the first... I, I first saw My Little Pony back in, like, November of 2011. Uh, by probably, I want to say, like, late December of that year, early January of 2012, I was writing fanfics. I started out writing fanfics uh they were really cringy because i was only like 15 at the time uh none of them are up anymore so thankfully that's that's something that people will never get to see again there, there is one fanfic i left up uh but after that i moved on to making uh my little pony videos because at the time i wanted i was learning how to like use things like uh sony vegas and after effects and all that i moved on to video making and that's pretty much where i stayed for the longest time uh, up until like 2016 when I got, well, 2017 when I got into making actual like artwork of, of the ponies. So I've pretty much dipped my toes on a little bit of all the different types of MLP fan media. The only thing I never got around to making was music because I'm, I know jack shit about music. But yeah, I pretty much like participated in the fandom from the very, very beginning of, of like the whole movement. I think uh, for me, so I've um, I didn't really participate in like the, the broader fandom of it. I guess if you like, until like probably about halfway through its run. I guess like sort of I started getting interested in the artwork probably around like 2015, 2016 and stuff like that. And it was a bit a few years after that I started considering maybe making my own bits and pieces, and of course like commissioning people. So, but I never really participated in like the fandom in any major way until like probably near the end of its run i think i'm a bit, bit the opposite in fact so i missed all the the major events that happened throughout the fandom and all, and all the other bits and pieces but i sort of uh i sort of skipped all that lot i guess which i saw I'm, I'm so, i wish i was kind of a part of in a way but then again um it still had a massive impact on my life and how it led to me um making my own work and like where i am now and making artwork with blender so it's it's impact is 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 profound i think for that is the case for other people as well yeah i think it's like it's something that's always going to stick around like if you were if you joined anywhere inside the brony fandom like when the show was running you're probably more likely to stick around with it like to actually like engage with it than people who have joined now that the show is over uh because i feel like there's they're very different types of bronies, like the ones that joined after the show that are more in it for, like, uh, all the OC stuff and all that, like, not really for the show itself. Just, they just, I guess, sort of like the 
the the character design and people who joined while the show was airing or like actually took the time to watch the show it it just hits very different uh on that level to where like it can inspire you i've never seen a show or like a piece of media inspire people to like create art like like my little pony it's crazy like i i've been part of like different fandoms and this one just always seemed to have something that incited people to be creative to like give back to the community yeah that's um i think that's the beauty of it like the the giving back is like the the crucial thing i think uh a lot of people have like uh, found that that's that one of the best things about being a part of the fandom i guess like, like giving back to people and being a part of uh, the friendship of, of course. course being part of the <laughs> friendship the title or, or maybe even leaving your the, mark in as, the, as the title will yeah. suggest oh my goodness uh, what would I say is my last episode just to I guess to wrap things up I guess um, maybe probably off the top of my head I can't remember what it's called but I think it was in season 2 or 3 I think it was um, where they go on a they go on a camping trip and like uh Scooter Lou's like get gets all frightened and tries, uh, tries to like run away. She's seeing like these monsters in front of her, but they're basically where Rainbow Dash is like her big sister because you didn't know at the time that um, what where her parents were, Scooter Lou's parents were. So at the time she was like considered like an orphan. Oh, yeah. So it, was, it felt more it felt more poignant at the time, like where our Rainbow Dash lot sort of saw herself and inserted herself into the role as a big sister it's so it was quite touching in a way that's that that one sort of stuck with me uh that's one of my personal favorites but there's a there's a lot of gr- lot of good ones in there yeah i i always enjoyed that relationship that they like gave uh rainbow dash and scootaloo like that whole big sister role uh it's it was always nice to see them like interact and have those like sisterly moments even though they weren't never like they were just, I guess, acquaintances because, like, there was nothing really linking them together outside of, like, maybe this, uh, the Cutie Mark Crusader. So it was always nice to see them interact, which is also one one of my favorite episodes. It's the one with uh, uh, with Rainbow Dash's parents where Scootaloo does the report on her and they go to, like, uh, oh, that, yeah, that's also yeah. one of my favorite episodes because, again, you get that bond of like having Scootaloo be part of their family as well because it was like well before they they showed uh like you said Scootaloo's uh, parents or her aunts that are in that one episode so it was like cool to see her be part of a family for once like have that unison yeah yeah I sort of like I, I didn't I didn't really like it when like the parents actually like did exist I guess like it sort of retconned it a little bit I kind of like I kind of wish I, I can't. I, I would have preferred it maybe if they left it as a mystery. I didn't even actually say whether Scootaloo's parents were still alive or what happened to them. I sort of the mystery of it itself added a bit of charm to it, I guess. But like, but like when they just appeared, though, they were kind of like dicks, yeah, I yeah, guess. like that. That really took the mystique o- away like, from oh. it. Like it, 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 it took the wind out of its sails, I guess, a little bit. I, I, I disliked it because I knew, like, with the show being the way it is, I knew they weren't going to take. Uh, scootaloo away so it just seemed like a really big non-issue or like unnecessary drama that they were like oh we're gonna move away it's like no you're not i know for a fact you're not but but like the show being the show it just seemed uh it just seemed like really really weird that they would choose to introduce their parents this way 
like if they would have just stuck it uh, stuck to oh they're finally back from their travels and all that but like why have it be that way and then still on top of it want uh her to move away that just seems like really really weird choice of of a storyline to go with yeah and and the other retcon i didn't like ak yearling i think that was another one the, the i i i preferred it when like it was basically the ak yearling was just basically rainbow dash like how she saw herself as a hero i guess oh yeah it sort of it when it actually became oh actually it, like because it's a rainbow dash palette swap that was the that was the joke I guess like because how like she like uh, but when AK Yearling like became real like oh she's actually an actual separate character it sort of I don't know it, it took that away from it a little bit I guess or I'm nitpicking again this is years <laughs> ago now but that show messed me up um, because they kind of like implied in the lore that like maybe there's no such thing as just like fantasy books like everything can happen like every like science fiction or like fantasy book or adventure book like that is things that actually happened cuz like it was just it was just yeah. the, the writer going on her adventures and telling of that story it's like okay so that's a, does that imply that every single adventure book is also like just people telling their their autobiographies and all that it's it's really weird yeah but, but again they did have fun with it of course like the like with like the the, the where they're at like the the AK Yearling convention or whatever, and you can see the body that, pillow. You can tell they're taking stabs. I, I laughed so hard when they showed that. Like, you know, I'm like, that is a big. So, oh, no. That is just making fun of the community. That was a funny. It's just like we 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 know what you've done. This is this is our way of acknowledging what <laughs> we you've recognize done. your guys' sins. You, we just gonna put it in a kids show just as a a subtle little nod for the people out there it's like who... wink wink to all those brony kind of attendees and all wink wink nudge nudge say no more oh my goodness i could discuss the show you all day long but um oh, i think too. maybe we'll leave that for another time <laughs> but yeah as i said because we've already ran over to two hours but uh, but uh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you i think i probably will have you on another time maybe on a separate podcast we could actually talk about the show in a more detailed scenario i will consider that but thank you so much for coming on to the show um uh, any anything you want to plug uh you've, you've got your twitter you've got your derby brew anything else uh not really those are the only two really big uh sites or places that i'm active on just if you if you don't follow me and you kind of like what i do feel free to follow me i'm starting to be a little bit more active so hopefully you enjoy what's to come are you currently taking commissions at the moment or uh, Sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, just like for people who want to commission yeah, like if, themselves. If anybody's or, interested, yeah, I, I'm available um, uh, pretty much all the time. I'm always happy to work on stuff. I do it more than anything because I like to make uh, art that people want to see. And if they got an idea that I like, I'm more than down with it. Awesome source. So all the links uh, to uh, Fox's stuff will be in the show notes. And of course, if you want to contest either, contact either of us directly, any questions, uh, send us through on our Twitter. That's probably the best way to uh, contact us or um, what have you. So uh, thank you very much. Thank you everyone so much for listening. I don't know who's going to be on the next episode, but uh, we just have to wait and see. I think I've got a few, at least another guest in the lineup, but uh, when that will be, I don't know yet. But uh, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you for Fox for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. And uh, yeah, and uh, we'll get you on the show another time at some point, but uh, we'll we'll get that sorted. Thank you everyone for listening. See you guys next time. See you later, dudes.